0: We are here. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. My microphone just fell down. The whole thing. It just collapsed. I'm gonna try to pick it up. I don't know what I can do. I Might mean, have to hold it. Are you kidding me? Okay. Alright, we'll get through. No mar- microphones on the desk here. But we will get through. You know why? Because it's New Hope Radio, that's why. Well, I'll tell you what, and I think we can all agree. All great things had small beginnings, right? If you think about it, the Model T became the Ford Mustang. The canoe became a jet ski. The biplane became a space shuttle. And many other great accomplishments all had small beginnings. You know the greatest exodus of people in the ancient world? It was over of 2 million people. Over 2 million people. That great exodus, it began in a basket. How about that? Because that's where we find their deliverer. The baby Moses. Think about it. A great exodus of 2 million people began with a baby in a basket. Great things can have small beginnings, and they usually do, don't they? Yes, they do. So today we're going to begin a brand new series. I call it Walking with Moses. And we're going to stick with Moses for a little while. And you remember Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers he ended up prime minister of Egypt during a great famine. And uh, his family was invited by the Pharaoh to come and live in Egypt. There were 70 of them when they came in, Exodus 1 5. And then, after many years, a new Pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph. And he oppressed the people and he made them slaves. The Egyptians treated them harshly, appointed taskmasters over them, forced them into hard labor, but they continued to grow in number. The Pharaoh told the Hebrew midwives who were delivering the babies, he said, when a baby is born, if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But you know what? That didn't work for the Pharaoh, because in Exodus 1, in verse 19, the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous, and they give birth before the midwife can even get to them. So you know what that means? God was good to the midwives, it says, and the people multiplied, and they became very mighty. Verse 21 Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. And then Pharaoh commanded all of his people, saying, Every son who was born, you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter, you are to keep alive. So, what a rough culture to grow up in, wouldn't you say? I'd say so. Well, this brings us to the birth of Moses and his basket beginning. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Now Moses wasn't the first child they had, because he had an older brother Aaron, and he had a sister Miriam. But Moses was born during Pharaoh's decree when he said, kill the boys. So being a beautiful baby probably helped to incite his rescue from the river by Pharaoh's daughter, as we'll see. For who can refuse a beautiful, innocent child? I would say only a soulless person who lets a failed abortion baby die on the table. That's who. Does that person even have a soul? Apparently not. But in Exodus 2, verse 3, when she could hide him no longer, Moses is getting a little bigger, she got him a wicker basket and covered it with tar and pitch, and she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. You know, the Bible comments on this in Hebrews 11.3. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So, for the first three months of his life, Moses was hiding at home. Parents hid him, probably in a dresser drawer somewhere. But then at three months, it was getting a little difficult. And uh, they put him in a basket, set him in the Nile River. So, though a difficult thing to do, it was done in faith. Now, think about that statement. Though a difficult thing to do, it was done in faith. What accompanies the difficult things in life? Faith. You got something tough to do? Do it in faith. You got something that looks bigger than you. You got a giant coming on the horizon. Face him in faith. Okay? Why? Faith is our strength. Faith is a substance, the Bible says, which means it's tangible. It's not some idea. It's not some philosophy. It's not a wish. It is a substance. So what you have to do in life that's difficult— do it in faith. That's what Moses' mom did. Her name was Jochebed. So in a way, Jochebed obeyed the Pharaoh's edict to throw the baby boys into the river. She did that, only she put him in a basket first. So then his sister took her stand from a distance, verse 4, to know what would be done to him. So here's little Moses. He's in the reeds. He's not floating down the river. He's just in the reeds. Miriam is watching from a distance. And then in verse 5, the daughter of Pharaoh went down to bathe at the Nile, and her slave women were walking on the side of the Nile, and she saw the basket in the midst of the reeds and sent her slave girl and took it. Now, in the providence of God, he guides, provides, and protects. That's what the providence of God is our guide, our provision, and protector, okay? And this is what he's doing here. He's guiding the basket, he's providing for the mother, and he's protecting the child. This is all the providence of God. Verse 6, the slave girl came back with the basket. Pharaoh's daughter opened it up, saw the child. Behold, a boy crying. And she had pity on him and said, this one is of the children of the Hebrews. Now, mothers are mothers all over the world, aren't they? I mean, a mom is a mom. I don't think it matters what culture, what nation. A mom is a mom. And moms love babies. She even recognized that he was a Hebrew baby. So she's looking at this baby in the basket. She knows the edict, but she's moved by the baby. And here comes Miriam, right on time. Verse 7. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for you? Now, a nurse doesn't mean a medical nurse. It means someone that can, you know, wean the baby. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went, what? And and called the child's mother. you got to be kidding. Look at this, the providence of God. She went and she called Jacobed, Moses' mom. Moses' mother and father did all that they could to protect the child. And then they left the outcome with God. Can you see what they did? They had him in the house for three months. They couldn't watch over him anymore. Put him in a basket, put him among the reeds in the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter came along, saw the basket. Miriam's watching. She says, should I go and find a woman that can nurse the baby for you? She says, yes, do that. She goes back with his mother. (laughs) Only God can set that up. Verse 9, then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take the child away, nurse him for me, and I'll give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. I'm like, wait a minute. Jacobed not only got her baby back, but she got paid to raise him. What is going on? I think the words of Solomon are fitting here. Cast your bread on the water. For you will find it after many days. Now, this was originally spoken with regards to giving to the poor. Give some, and you'll be rewarded back. Because bread is what we need, it usually stands for food. So if you give away your, what you need, it will return to you many times over. Think of it like this If you need love, give love, and it'll come back. If you need friendship, be a friend, and it'll come back. If you need help, offer help, and it'll come back. So, Jochebed, Moses' mom, cast her son in faith upon the water, and she received him back with remuneration money paid for a work or a service. Think about that. Do you think God honors faith? I do. I do I mean I know God doesn't give us everything we want all the time it doesn't happen I think of um, poor Rachel she never had any children and then when she did she died at birth like wow that was one of the saddest stories of the Bible to me but yet here's Jacobed and she has Moses and she gives him up and he comes back and she takes care of him and she gets paid to do it. So she's even in a better place now than she was before. I mean, God's ways, you know, we know we don't know the mind of the Lord. He works in, yes, he does work in mysterious ways. And this person, he treats one way and another person, it comes out different. But there's a constant through it all. And you know what that is? Faith. You've got to have faith. Oh, you got to keep the faith. You do. You got to hang on. Faith is your anchor. You can't let it go. Don't let faith be uh, based on your condition. Faith is not based on your condition. Faith is based on knowing God, it's based on your relationship with Him, trusting in Him, knowing that He's there for you, even though His plan might not be what your plan is. Okay? So, what happened in verse 10? The child grew. And then she did. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. She kept her part of the bargain, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. So Moses is an Egyptian name. It's not a Hebrew name. Okay? And think of it. Pharaoh wanted to destroy the baby, and the very baby grows up in his own house. (laughs) I mean, come on, what God can do. God is the God of circumstances, and he can turn, and he can change circumstances any way he wants. Think of it. And that's what he did here. So we noted, when we studied Noah, did you ever study Noah? Of course you did. The story of Noah and the ark, that God used a righteous man to save the world, right? Noah. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody in the world was saved. Actually, most people in the world died, but Noah's family was saved, and they replenished the world. But here, God used women to save the Hebrew race. This Hebrew race was a very special race, and God had plans for them, especially the plan to bring the Savior through that nation. I want you to see the women that God used. It's incredible. First of all, he used the Hebrew midwives. They had fear of God, not fear of the Pharaoh. So they didn't destroy the babies. They didn't throw them in the river. They said to Pharaoh, when the moms deliver, man, they have the babies before we even get there. They're not like the Egyptian women. Why do they do that? Because they had fear of God. Then he used the mother, Jochebed. She was defiant to the Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh was evil. She was defiant to evil. I'm not going to do what he says. You know what? We have to stand up against evil. I think the church is asleep today. I really do. I think the church is too busy going to church. I think the church is too busy singing songs, going to concerts, flashing strobe lights, And we forget that we are world changers. That we are salt and light. And we have to let our light shine. I think we all have to ask ourselves this year, what impact am I making personally on the little world that I live in? Am I making an impact at all? If not, that's okay. Maybe now it's time to start. And start thinking, what can I do? What can I do because I'm going to defy evil, and I'm not going to let evil run its course, take over. That's what Jacobed did. Then we have the sister, Miriam. Miriam was available, and she was very clever. Oh yeah, I like Miriam. Miriam went to Pharaoh's daughter and said, <laughs> she knew the plan. She had it all figured out. You want me to go find somebody to nurse the baby? Yes. You think you can? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll be right back. Hey, Mom, I got you a job. (laughs) Take care of Moses, and you're going to get paid. Wow. So Miriam, she's pretty uh, resourceful. Then we have the maid. Yep. Even the maid who fetched the basket, the little slave girl. She was obedient to do what was right. It was right to rescue the baby, from the river. Babies don't belong in rivers. Babies belong on the land. So she was obedient to do the right thing. And then we have Pharaoh's daughter, who gave Moses back to his mom. Think about it. All women. All women in this whole story. And why did Pharaoh's daughter give Moses back? Because she was Compassionate. That's why she had compassion. You know, compassion is very powerful. Did you know that compassion can change someone's heart? And that can redirect their life. You know what we do at New Hope? We provide these little burlap sacks. And they have these little, they're filled with like toothpaste, toothbrush, hand sanitizer, protein bar, bottle of water, Kleenex, handy wipes. We keep them in our cars. And when we see people on the street, homeless people, with their sign, give them the bag. And it's a picture of compassion. Matter of fact, I just gave one out yesterday. They were happy and I was happy. And compassion goes a long way. People that are compassionate are people that don't get wrapped up in their own life. When you become obsessed with yourself, There's no room for anybody else, and there's very little compassion. But when you're not obsessed with yourself, there's plenty of room for others to fit in. And compassion can take the lead. And that is a Christian quality. Who should be more compassionate than the people of God? Right? Who should be more? You know, there was a guy in the book of Acts that was lame, and his friends would drop him off at the gate of the temple— to beg for money. And why do they bring him to the gate of the temple? Because God's people are known for being generous. That's why. And you know, the star of Peter was there, and he said, silver and gold, I have none, but what I have I give to you. Get up and walk. And he healed him. But the point is, they brought him to a place of generous people, the church. So the church should be a place that produces compassionate people, Generous people, caring people, loving people, Why? Right? Matter of fact, the qualities that are in these women that we talked about today, these qualities should be in the people of God. Because look at what God used. He used someone that was God-fearing. Wasn't afraid of Pharaoh. I fear God. Do you fear God? I mean, do you have a fear of God that borders on not being afraid, but respectful and honorable and worshipful, and your life is lived for him. That's God-fearing. Uh, he used the woman that was defiant of evil. We should be. We should defy evil. It's taken over in this country. We're going to start standing up against it. We're going to start preaching against it. He used the quality of availability. Again, someone that's available is someone that's not full of their own time. You know, when people say, I don't have time for God, what they're saying is they've got lesser issues to deal with. They really do, because they are lesser. They're not as important. They think they're important, but they're not. He used the quality of obedience to do what's right, and the quality of compassion. All of these qualities need to be in people today. The microphone's still on the desk. They need to be in people today. Matter of fact, they should be found in the church because the world needs people to have these qualities. It really does. With Noah, God used an ark, a boat. With Moses, he used a different kind of a boat, a basket. But each time, each time, he used people that had the qualities that he was looking for. Do you think the Bible's true when it says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose heart is toward him? You think God is going to use people who are more toward him than away from him? David, was a man with a heart after God, and he became the second king of Israel. Can you see how having a heart for God can really shape your life, your journey, even your destiny? All it takes is fearing God, having a heart after God. Look what God did with Moses. He took a condemned Hebrew baby boy, This baby boy was condemned. As soon as he was born, he was to be put to death. And what did God do? He protected him in the reeds in a basket. Unlikely way to protect somebody, isn't it? But it worked for God. He put him in the reeds in a basket. And then that basket was discovered by Pharaoh's own daughter. It wasn't even like by one of the Egyptian women. It was his own daughter. What is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. God is moving. That's what's going on. He was raised by his natural mother and then given back to Pharaoh's daughter. And he lived in Pharaoh's own house. Moses received the best education in the world. You know, Moses was an architect, a statesman. He was a wrestler. He was strong. I mean, this guy, that's why when he punched that Egyptian, I don't think he meant to kill him. He hit him, and boom, that was it. God, dead as a doornail. Moses was a powerful... Maybe Charlton Heston wasn't a bad pick for Moses in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. but Mo- Mo- Moses grew up in Pharaoh's own house. And the summary of this whole story for me... You cannot thwart God, nor the plan of God. You can't. God has a plan. I don't care who you are, you're not going to stop the plan of God. You're not. If God's mind is made up on what he's going to do, he's going to do it. He will. And as we've seen here, he did. Now, next time, we're going to see Moses leave Egypt and why. Egypt was a beautiful place. It had plenty of food, beautiful Nile River that fertilized all the farmland when it overflowed its banks, beautiful buildings. But Moses leaves, and we'll see why. And we're going to learn something about Moses some more. You know, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, it's better to leave the pleasures of the world And suffer with the people of God. That is so true. It's better to leave the pleasures of the world and suffer with the people of God. Because the world has a drawer on us, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. The world is like a magnet, and it tries to suck us in. And unless we walk with God on a regular basis, I'll tell you what, we're going to get sucked in. It's going to be like water going down the drain, Glub, 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 glub. Down the drain. And it'll be gone. I think the story of Moses is going to be very impactful for our lives. I hope you can stay with me every day. And let's really derive some strength, some stamina, some fortitude, build our faith from what we see in Moses, because he's a great example of what it means to be a man of faith. Let me remind you again, if you join the Hope Club, that'll help us to produce radio programs and podcasts, $3 a week. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click on the menu button. Fill out all the information. You'll get a devotional in your email box Monday through Friday and it'll help you to start the day off if you do it in the morning like a tuned piano ready to play so we hope you'll do that we appreciate all of you that do support us it's expensive to be here we thank you for that and uh, if this program helps you help us out help us out and get on board with the Hope Club and don't forget the Hope Club the Hope Club podcast is always there for your learning, listening, enjoyment I'll see you next time